Hello, my name is Dr. Fabrice Robert Lubin, and I am a clinical psychologist. And I am Rachel Wagner, and I am a clinical therapist. Welcome to Mindful Chatter. This is a place where we keep it real, keep it relevant, catching up with one another, and most importantly, catching up with you. You guys, I feel like it's been forever since we recorded. We missed one week, and I'm like, oh, it's been so long. Well, what's crazy is we recorded an episode. So there's a lost episode of Alan and I discussing creativity and transition of like how to like use your imagination and mm. connecting with stuff like that. The challenging part of it was you not being there oh. kind of shifted the whole energy. Sure. We realized we didn't know how to do plugs at the end. We, like, <laughs> I literally, I was like, I don't know how to say the, like, it was like, even though it was in front of me, it was scripted out in front of me. I was, Alan, I can't read these words. I can't, <laughs> I can't read. I yeah. don't know what just happened. It's just all and hieroglyphics. I think, <laughs> and I think Alan discovered that talking into a mic is a lot more intimidating it than really perhaps is. singing into a mic on your own by yourself in the comfort of your room stuff like that totally it's very different well i i'm glad you guys miss me it makes me feel like i am really an important part of this team so i, I honestly <laughs> couldn't do this show without you literally oh. i could not do this show without you literally i could not do this show without either one of you either but i am happy to be back i'm happy to record this episode um so we're going to talk a little bit more about transitions i am currently transitioning from vacation mode back into work mode and it's tough i think vacation blues is like a real thing talk about it tell me about it i was coming back from this trip um and I was being driven to the airport and I actually had a bit of a panic attack because I didn't want to leave. I was like, I don't want to go back. And like, I like my job. That's the thing. Like, I like my job. I'm not afraid, afraid of flying. So I was like, what is it that's like really kind of getting me anxious about headed back? And I was coming back and I had the weekend before I even start, went straight back to work. So um, it was more of this, I had such a wonderful, could do whatever I wanted, didn't have any expectations or responsibilities, really didn't even have to clean up after myself. And now transitioning back into going back to work, I have sessions I have to attend. I have meetings I need to attend. I have to do supervision. I have to meet up with friends. I have to go work out. I have to do all these different things. I have to put my clothes away. Right. <laughs> you know? And it, it's coming back to that place that I think you and I have hit upon before we go into that list mode mentality where mm -hmm. we start to overwhelm ourselves with these tasks. And we notice like our minds start creating just like lists of, you know, to the point that we're just like, oh, I have to shower myself. Right, <laughs> right. I don't want to. When I was on vacation, I never really had to do any of that. I, I didn't have to do it. just stay sun drenched and rolling around in the sand. Yeah, I could do whatever I wanted. So I think transitions do bring up a lot of different emotions. For me, transitioning from vacation mode back into work mode, it was anxiety for me it was not wanting to leave it was not wanting to get back into the routine there's even this thing that i've noticed people do now we anticipate that there's going to be some anxiety about the transition from vacation to back to work so now we do that thing where we're, we're going to give ourselves an extra day mm -hmm. right this extra day to kind of i think mourn and acknowledge yeah. that we're transitioning <laughs> back into like work life yeah. Um, so I wonder, you know, in hearing that, it comes this idea of maybe there's something with attachment 
Maybe. In how we get attached to moments or attached to a space and a frequency within ourselves when we're in a in a state of vacation or we're in a place of pleasure and happiness and elation. Yeah. And why can't we create more of that space here in our everyday lives? I think like that's the challenge with transitioning. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is because we don't control what a change really looks like. Mm-hmm. We just kind of just find ourselves back in, in yeah, back into our routine, back oh into my our gosh, tasks. you're right. A lot of times like we can't really predict it or even if we do, so say maybe we're going from transitioning from a job and moving on to a separate job, like a completely different one. Even though we made that decision, we still have no idea what it's about to look like. When was the last time for you that you transitioned from one job to a new kind of job? So I, that would have been, gosh, probably about a year and a half completely transitioning from working in nonprofit work to working full-time in private practice. I did transition a little bit differently though because I started off still full-time in my old job in nonprofit and doing part-time private practice. So I think that helped in the transition a little bit. Speak more to that. But Why, what like made you, what motivated you to rather than, because I think for so many people, we don't always get to choose whether or not we like right? fully jump in or right. we partly jump in. So where in your mind space were you like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to make this like a, a transitional, intentional, part-time kind of phase in? I think I utilized my mindfulness in it. I knew in my nonprofit job, I was on the verge of being burnt out, but I wasn't quite there yet. So in my mind, I was kind of like, okay, well, this private practice job will be supplemental. It'll be a good side job just for right now, my side hustle, as I like to call it. Um, and I'll do that for a little bit. And, you know, in my mind, if, if I like this job, then I have the opportunity to go full time. Then I kind of tra- kept going on in my um, nonprofit job to a point where I was very burnt out. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. So luckily I had something to fall back on, but it was a huge transition going from nonprofit work to private practice therapy. It's it looks completely different. In nonprofit, I was I felt more like a case manager. Mm-hmm. I was literally chasing around teenagers, being like, No, please go to school. Please, 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 please go to school. Please don't violate your parole. Please just come back. Don't run, don't go on run. Um, and here it's more of really initiating and engaging and being a part of this process with someone else that really wants to be here and really takes these things that you say into consideration. So it's kind of like versus inviting people into a process change versus trying to chase them down. Exactly, exactly, it's completely different. And for me, this was a very positive transition. So I felt really good about it. And I felt like a weight had been lifted off of me. And I felt like I was also able to have a healthier work-life balance. There's this great piece in there that you were talking about, which was you didn't wait until you burnt out before starting to make a couple changes in your life. Oh, exactly. And I think that's so important to kind of bring into our talk today, which is going back to even our last episode about listening to your body and listening Mm -hmm. to where you're at and the reality of where you're at that you don't have to wait until like everything's on fire before you remove yourself from the house. Right? 
Oh my gosh. And so many people do that. They wait until they're on fire. They're just like, well, you know, it's just the fire just started in the kitchen. So I should be okay. I'm all the way like upstairs in the bedroom. If there's an effing fire in your kitchen, either go down and put it out or get the F out of the house. Right. And so like in your space, you tried to create, I think this thing where, where you knew that there was this thing that was happening mm-hmm. and you created, well, I've, I've got like a temporary halfway home yes. that I'm going to set up. So a I fall can back. a fall back. So like I can keep mm-hmm. going back and forth between these two places. Did that ever become stressful for you to be kind of being in both places at once? It was at times a little overwhelming because it was a job and a half and the, the, main job in nonprofit that I had, I was working probably 50 hours a week. So it was hard to then work like 10 hours on the side. That's like a 60 hour a week. But I knew that it would be temporary. There was this moment for me where right after Sarah, the mother of Aveline and I had split, where we found ourselves living together literally in the same apartment building right across from each other. Oh boy. And yeah, <laughs> you can imagine all the hilarious sitcom-esque <laughs> conditions that ensue. We should make there. a sitcom about that. Um, the, the, the piece that I think was, was interesting was we too couldn't just transition to a straight up divorced family or divorce situation. We didn't want to lose some of that relationship or that consistency. Things were already on fire, obviously, in our relationship and in our marriage. But we knew that we had to keep some sort of a bridge between us, especially for the sake of Aveline. Mm. So sometimes I think it's also important to note that going through a transition, if you're going to create like kind of stopgap measures before going fully into something, that it doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to be any easier, that you're going to have to carry a lot of the weight of like two identities. So there was this moment where I was literally waking up at five in the morning dropping off Abilene, walking across, giving, handing over this tiny bundle of a baby <laughs> to her mom, then quickly going back into my apartment, taking a shower, taking the train downtown. And if it was, it was winter at the time, so I was going to all the way down to Naperville, getting off of the train, walking 20 minutes in sometimes like negative 18 degree weather no. to get to my work, then worked at a hospital, did all of that, got on the train again, walked back, got on the train again, came all the way back to the city, pick up my daughter so that Sarah could go to work, play with her, put her down after like doing dinner and everything. And it was this incredible thing in my life. Like when I back away from it, I'm like, wow, I went through like 10 different transitions almost all at once. Right. And transitions can be so hard. I mean, even just talking about that in itself, it being negative whatever degrees, having to walk 20 miles, having to make a huge commute, having to walk the baby across and make sure the baby was okay. I mean, all of those transitions in itself are are stressful. They're high stress situations. And there's so many elements of it that I couldn't directly control. The only piece that I had any sort of presence for was that I could show up. Mm-hmm. I really, really got attuned to the idea of not being too attached to labeling my suffering as bad Mm -hmm. or terrible. I would use it as inspiration sometimes when I was talking to people. I'd be like, like, this is like similar to you. Like, it was like, this is my hustle. 
this is my like flow. Mm-hmm. I remember like mm-hmm. talking once with Alan on the phone and we were just describing like, if you can go into a situation and really just push yourself to view your work and what you're doing as the highest, most noble thing you're doing in that moment, it can be, it can be this, this, this kind of like Mount Kilimanjaro that I felt like I was climbing within myself sure. to, to challenge myself to wake up every day to make sure I was taking care of my kid, to drop her off at daycare, to, you know, just be in her life. And also I was going to be a successful like therapist and Mm -hmm. bringing that energy into the space. Absolutely. That makes me think about, you know, when you were talking about relationship and your relationship had changed at that point because you then we're living in separate apartments, but weren't divorced yet. So that makes me think more about relationships and the different phases of relationships. So I wondered more what that was like for you in terms of the transition of that relationship and now what it looked like in those moments. Oh, completely. I mean, the idea of recognizing ourselves as separate individuals where before we were this team that worked together to provide Mm. for our daughter, was really hard, especially around dating. So imagine sure. that at any particular time, you know, I'd, I'd like look out my window and then I would go and like kind of peek out and like kind of like look to see if Sarah was home. Oh my god! And then kind of like open up, I'd be like, no, 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 come in through the back door just so that like we didn't like, yeah, in. sneaking people in just to like decrease any sort of like potential tension that yeah. might spring up. It's and like it a was, teenager, like trying to sneak a girl into his, into his room. Yeah, completely. <laughs> and and there were moments where I got caught, you know, and it felt like that. It was oh just gosh. like, and it wouldn't be these like large arguments or anything like that. But there was this, I, I really recall actually a really cool space between um, Abilene's mom and I. And it was kind of when we were both finally, I think, accepting that we were in different places in our lives. And there was this moment where she walked into my apartment and she was like, you know, I just had this great date the other day. And she was like, and I, I, I kissed this guy and she was like, and it felt electrifying. And she was like, wow. and I hadn't felt that experience in years. And I remember I looked at her and I was just like, I'm, I'm just happy for you. I'm just excited for you. And there wasn't any of this attachment to her me Mm. needing her to validate me or me needing to like tell her that you know like well oh well how good was the kiss or how like comparing or anything like that it wasn't the jealousy no there was just like a presence of as a human being i'm glad that you're able to get these gifts that we all need so it sounds like you guys really transitioned from you know being the team and being partners to more of partners and parenting Mm-hmm. And like, we want the best for each other, but we're just not the best for each other. We want the best for our kiddo. That's that's such a really cool way of putting it, wanting the best for each other, but we are not the best for each other. Yeah. And that's that's such a, to get to that place and to have that mentality is, a, it's a really hard thing to keep. It is. Because like you were saying before, so many parts of the transition bombard you and overwhelm you and you can just get caught up in that absolutely and it makes me think too about you know being single and getting into relationships too so that transition is so different 
So obviously the two of you were dating, you know, I've been in relationships where you're single for a long time and you're the, your own individual person. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want. And then you start dating and then you start getting to know this person a little bit more. And then you're Facebook official with this person. And then you're introducing them to your family. And then that, that transition of being single and then dating and then going into that transition of being in a relationship. It's such an interesting transition because then after like, of course I say before the honeymoon period should never stop. It should be continual. It's going to be a cycle, but even transitioning from being in a relationship to marriage, these transitions are such interesting points in our lives. And we constantly are going to change and evolve in them. And we might even change parts of ourselves when we get into these partnerships. That's why I love some of the stuff that we kind of talk about in this podcast because it, it, it to me in the moment that we're talking about it, suddenly I can see these things that we don't magnify right. at times. So even that transition from single to dating to yep. more committed relationship, yep. it all starts with the toothbrush, right? Oh my gosh, it all starts with the toothbrush. It all starts with the toothbrush. Yep. When does the toothbrush enter into the bathroom space? When does that happen, right? When is it okay to have a toothbrush in At your bathroom? The bath. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And it's their toothbrush. Mm -hmm. And you see it. And they're not over there all the time. It's just sometimes just available. Oh, yeah. Just there, just hanging out. But even the transition of throwing out the toothbrush Whoa. when the relationship's over, oh my God. maybe you let it like marinate and sit there for a little bit and then you keep seeing it. Or maybe right away you're like, fuck this toothbrush. And right. you just scrub the toilet with it and throw it in the trash yeah, can. Their disgusting mouth. I never liked anything they said anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The toothbrush is such an interesting transition tool. And, you know, and then suddenly with the toothbrush comes like, the slow accumulation of clothes. I remember mm -hmm. there was just like Ugg boots suddenly in my closet. Just Ugg <laughs> boots, just boom, there. And actually someone came over to my apartment and they were like, why do you have Ugg boots in your apartment? And I was like, those aren't mine. Like, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know where those Ugg boots came from. Those. I didn't put those Ugg boots, right? <laughs> and and it's, it's these, these things that we don't really pay attention to. Sometimes these transitions, we don't slow ourselves down enough to recognize these things are happening. So there's no intentionality right. to them. They're just kind of haphazard. Sometimes I think they're done to please other people. So someone sure. says like, oh, do you mind if I like leave my books here? Do you mind if I leave this thing here? Right. And you never really ask that person like, well, wait, am I ready for this? Yeah. Am I ready to have this level of a relationship to where you're going to be able to come into my space? That is the most important part of all of this because you're right. Sometimes we just go with it and it just sweeps us up from one phase to the next to the next, which is fine, but we need to create some mindfulness, intentionality around it because a lot of times if we don't, then we lose parts of ourselves. We might become codependent. We might not do the activities that we really love to do. I find that a lot of times in sessions, people that are just getting into brand new relationships, they're like, well, yeah, I spent all of my weekend with this new boyfriend or girlfriend of mine, and I haven't been to a yoga class in a month. And I'm like, wait, but yoga's like your thing. Like yoga is the way that you feel better. No wonder you're feeling more anxious right now. It all makes so much sense to me. And it's that, uh, that rush. Um, actually, my father-in-law, 
actually said to me once, he was like, euphoria. He was like, it's a dangerous thing. Mm. And when he said that, it contextualized a little bit some of that initial feeling of being in a new relationship. There's this euphoria. Yeah, you so suddenly so you're like, I don't it. need yoga classes. I don't need those things. It's also, I think, that rush when you get into a new job and you finally, or you get that salary that you always wanted. Yep. You're like, I can buy everything. No, yep. you can't because you still got to pay rent and you still got to buy groceries and you still got to pay your electric and your gas. Right. But you think for a moment, I can get all the shoes. I can get all the clothes. I can and get then everything. You, and then you find yourself broke. And you're like, oh shit, that was not responsible. That was not mindful. So we get caught up in that, that phase. Mm -hmm. So in relationships, a lot of times we do just kind of just dive right in. And that reminds me of a metaphor that I use a lot of times in session so I was just at, the, I was on vacation at the ocean. I was in Delaware, Rehoboth Beach, shout out. And um, it is the beginning of the season. So the water is frigid. It's so cold. And it was like a 90 degree day and the ocean water, I can't even tell you how cold it was. It was freezing. I should have like taken a thermometer and been like, how cold is this actually? It felt like such a huge difference. That would be the most Rachel prepared thing in the world to come with a thermometer to check the ocean temperature. That's something I would do. That would be ridiculous, but I would totally do that. I should have done it and I'm now regretting it. Either way. So I use this metaphor of... Um, a lot of times in life, we either slowly kind of dip our toes into situations or we won't run straight in, into the ocean. So if you were to run straight into the ocean, it's a hot day, you run straight in, you dive under, your body temperature is going to change a lot more quickly. Right. There's going to be that constriction, mm -hmm. even physically, you know, your cells are like binding together really quick mm -hmm. and you're going to tighten up in that moment. Right. And then it's so interesting because there's a, such a difference between the water the temperature of the water and your body temperature. And then once you get back out, you're still going to have to transition. Your body is still going to have to transition and adjust to the hot temperature again. So it's this interesting back and forth. If you do it in a way of jumping straight in, and maybe there's a lot of things that happen, unfortunately, in Lake Michigan, where if it's too cold in the wintertime, people go try to go swimming. It's actually very dangerous to jump right in and not be mindful of what is the temperature? What is the differences between the temperature? Is this actually going to be okay? So a lot of times in sessions, I'll talk about even just dipping our toes into something and being mindful of the uncomfortable feeling of our foot being in the water and being cold and the rest of our body being warm, but maybe this shiver that comes across our body. It's important to get to a point of mindfulness and acceptance of the uncomfortability. I mean, I'm radiating with that against just how we introduce ourselves in session. Mm -hmm. That first few sessions to me is really about just trying to find that perfect temperature. Right. Introducing just enough challenge, just enough conflict, but not completely overwhelming. I think sometimes people come in and they're just like, yeah, I just want to change because this thing happened and like, just do it. Tell me like, and, and then I'm like, no, 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 you're not ready for that. Like, Yeah, it's, you it's, need a slow transition. We need a slow transition. And we as therapists also need a slow transition yeah. because we're, we're entering into a new world mm -hmm. and a new story and kind of new experiences with this other person. And I want to be able to take the time to understand like, what are the pieces that are here? I don't want to just like rush into that space. Mm -hmm. 
and that also makes me think of because I'm I'm very much thinking more like worldly right now. Do makes it. me think of like seasonal changes too, and the differences and and what those look like. You know, from one from spring to summer, from summer to fall, from fall to the longest winter ever. <laughs> no, completely. It, Chicago for me holds such incredible poetry within its seasons mm. there's the that that specific smell and scent of the fall Ugh, that comes fall. on when you know it's really there and it's it like it's like the temperature dips a little bit but then there's this this feeling of the dead leaves kind of scattering on the ground but even the smell of it and even the smell of it what was that, it like for you transitioning from florida to chicago weather oh my god it was wild was it? florida florida's just consistently pretty much something like 70 to 90 degrees at any given moment's time. It doesn't really shift. There's no, you're going to see a lot of rain mm. and you're going to see a lot of sun, but that's it. Mm. And so like in the middle of January, for example, you'll have your air conditioning on in Florida. Oh, what? So what is there, that life? There, it felt like there was just this continuous, almost purgatory kind of feel to Florida you stay kind of in like that similar space. Now you can create transition, I think, through activities that you might be doing, mm -hmm. whether or not school was in session or not, what you were doing with your friends at the time, whether or not there were holidays, but all of it didn't feel as distinctive mm -hmm. as when I came to Chicago. Interesting. When I first felt that like summer in Chicago fall in Chicago. Mm -hmm. It was romantic as fuck. Oh, it was fall gorgeous. is so romantic. I fall in love with in fall. Like I, I fall in love in fall. Ooh. I, I do. So, so watch out. Yeah, just watch gentlemen. out everybody. Nothing's gonna happen in the summer. <laughs> Rachel gets the summer tan, summer body going on. <laughs> fall though, that's when the love shows up. Fall is when I fall in love. And then winter is when it just kind of dies and is cold. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you know, that's how my that's how my relationships transition mostly. Well, I, I think that that's something that I see quite a bit too as a as a Chicagoan is when people come in and they're dealing with leases, mm. you'll see that transition too that deals with seasons, right? Oh, so totally. suddenly uh, your lease agreement ends. And I'll have a lot of couples that I haven't seen in a while. And suddenly they're there and they're like, ah, oh, we don't know what happened, but we're really thinking about like going through this, like maybe end of our relationship. And I'm like, we I don't want to commit to another year. year. Right. Like there's literally a piece of paper that said, do you want to live with this person <laughs> for one more year? I love how people could like those types of things constrain people. And I'm like, you can do if, even if you sign this, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> there's this there's this thing that I think happens where, okay, so you know, when you go to the dentist, no matter what you do, no matter how many times you brush, you're gonna have plaque buildup, oh, right? Yeah. They're always gonna tell you, oh, there's a little plaque here. Do you floss? And you're like, I floss every second. Every doesn't, second. Doesn't matter, plaque buildup. Yeah. I think that happens Actually, in I our lives. Floss. I think that like we start <laughs> to create a thin, kind of like over time, we get into our routines, we get into our space, we get into our scripts, and kind of a thin layer almost of plaque or a wall starts to form between us mm -hmm. and what's happening in our lives. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is something dramatic or some external event comes down and kind of rips that thin film off. Mm -hmm. It completely like decimates it. And all of a sudden you're like, oh wow, like I'm, I've been in this relationship for a year. 
I've oh, been yeah. going through, I've been in this job for two years. I've been doing this right. particular thing. Because we m- don't mindfully go through it. We're just kind of going through the routine of it. Right. And we're kind of scabbed over and yeah. all of a sudden there's this fresh feeling of skin now. And it's kind of like, oh, what yeah. can I do now? And it's tender. How do I transition raw. out of this or say that I need something to be different? different. Completely. So Gino Diaz, this brilliant writer, uh, he wrote, This is How You Lose Her in the Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow. He has this great quote from um, Brief and Wondrous Life where he says, it's never the changes we want that change everything. I love that. I love that because it shakes things up. It's kind of that removal of that, that film, yeah. right? And we often don't ask for those changes. Right. We, we never say, oh, I really, really want to go through this breakup or I really, really want to- Be fired. Se- yeah, I never <laughs> want to be fired. I never, right. I never asked to like actually divorce. I never right. thought that I would be in this position. Mm-hmm. But once we're in that transition, it changes everything around us. Everything. Yeah, it's the ones that come out of nowhere that you are kind of jolted and then like, oh gosh, like I need to- really think about and be mindful what do i want there's a lot of people i work with and i can even see it within myself too we imagine that after a breakup happens or after we leave a job or after we leave school or something we think it's over Mm -hmm. we think we're done well you know that thing happened so now it's done and now Mm -hmm. we're over and then people will say to me well I'm, i'm still going through this I'm still feeling this yes. pain. I'm still feeling, I'm still thinking about them. I'm still waking up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And, you know, it's like, I love to remind people like, well, you spent three years in this space. Yeah. I think I had this fantasy in my mind where I was like, okay, well, I'll just graduate. I'll graduate high school and I'll go to college. I'll graduate college and then I'll go to grad school and graduate grad school and then I'll be finally done. I'm done. Oh my gosh. And then after I was done that, I was like, oh snap, there's another goal. There's another finish line. There's another <laughs> there's another thing that I want to accomplish. So it's we're never done. Can we put out there, I think, into the cultural universe, that whole idea of like, well, you should be over it by now. Oh my God. I'm not over anything. Oh my God. I'm not over anything. No. I am never over no. anything. There's never a moment where I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally over it. That it never feels like that. Never. And has there ever been a moment where someone says to you, you know, just get over it, move on. And you'd be like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I'll just move on. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I'm like, F you. I can literally recall. Don't invalidate me. I can recall events from being made fun of in elementary school that I'm still a little bit angry about. And you're allowed to be. And I think the problem is too, that within ourselves, we're like, well, you should just be over this. Get over it, it was so long so long ago. And it, to that, I have to say, we need to say the same things of you're allowed to feel whatever you're feeling, whenever you're feeling it. I get embarrassed about this time. Let me tell you this story, it's so funny. Please do. So I was in, I played, um, I was like a little tomboy. So I played basketball and I had on those, remember those sweet shorts where you could like rip them or the pants where you could rip them off? Oh yeah. The Adidas ones where you like, whipped them off and they were awesome. Well, the problem was that my weren't they weren't ripping them off. I tried to rip, I tried to rip. And then I just like tried to take them off. And I pulled down also my shorts underneath. So I was just standing there as a 10 year, 13 year old in my underwear in front of like 
this was middle school in front of the boys, in front of the girls. It was the most embarrassing thing ever. They actually are talking about <clears throat> it to this day. They're you know still what? talking about this Probably. legendary moment. My face just got heated up because that was, <laughs> I was trying to transition <laughs> from pants to shorts. <laughs> That's what I was trying to transition from, okay? And it was really painful. This is an amazing metaphor for change and I transition, know. I feel. Thank you. I, I agree with it. But anyways, I'm still, I mean, to this day, like I'll think about it and I'll still get flushed. Hashtag pants of transition. Pants of transition. We're going to start working with that. Well, I think it's- Being short changed. <laughs> short, get it? So, sorry. That was a reach, but I like I it. I know. I'm a dad. But I like it. I like it. I like it. But all in all, to- I think it is important. I love this idea of let's just kind of allow ourselves to feel whatever we're feeling in these transitions, but let's also go through them more mindfully. Think about what are my values anyways, and what can I get out of this transition? What can I learn maybe from my last job that I got fired from in when I'm applying for new jobs? And interpersonally, what would it mean to, rather than saying to someone, well, you should be over it by now, that's scripted language. Oh, That's absolutely. fixed language. Think of a better fucking question. Better question. Think of a better question. Think of a better way of relating to that person. Yeah, it might be a little bit dicey. There might be a question mark. Mm -hmm. You might even find yourself struggling with what else to say. Mm -hmm. You might even bring that up. You might even yeah. say, you know what? I'm hearing you tell me that you're not over this thing. Right. And I want you to know that it's okay. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. Tell me all the ways in which you're not over this particular event. Let's yeah. talk about it. Let's get into that space. And this transition, like how do we, you know, how do we support one another in going through transitions? We're not just going to go up to our friend and be like, mm, yeah, well, we shouldn't get over the, go get over the fact that you got fired and get back out there or get over this breakup and get back out there. What? <laughs> Sometimes I think even the easiest question that we could ask or challenge ourselves or other people might be, okay, I want you to go back to that time that year ago or the five years ago when you got fired, when that breakup happened. What do you what did you imagine that transition would look like then? What did mm -hmm. you imagine being over it would look like? And a lot of the time people are gonna say, Well, now that I'm slowing down, it would look like a version of this. It would mm -hmm. it would look like me not being completely over it at the time of that breakup at that time of that job right. it's not you're saying like yeah you know what in five years i'm never gonna think about this again right that would be insane you would be someone who's cut off from like parts of your mind absolutely i agree with that this has been our 14th 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 episode can you guys believe it I know that you missed you all missed me so much last week I missed you too but I just wanted to thank everyone for listening and sharing we have been getting so much feedback and it's so incredible to hear um, so Alan Lubin again is the producer of our podcast you can go over and check out all of his music please do it's incredible and he's going to be coming out with some new stuff soon are you coming when are you coming out with new stuff by the way July 17th. Oh my gosh, I'm so pumped. Either way, go check out his music at soundcloud.com slash vibes. We have a website. It's mindfulchatter.org. You can scroll down all the way to the bottom and submit any inquiries, or you can also send them to mindfulchatterpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear what you guys would like us to chat about. Head over and subscribe to us on our channels. We're up on iTunes. We're up on soundcloud.com slash mindfulchat. We're on Stitcher. Also, go ahead and follow us on Twitter. We've had a lot of new followers, and it's really fun to see the people that have been following us. So we are up as at Mindful Chat on Twitter. 
Um, And we are so excited to keep engaging with you and sharing in all of these wonderful topics. And I'm going to put out there too, if everyone is enjoying this podcast or you're getting something going, please review us if you're listening to us on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Let us know. We're trying to, you know, create something that builds slowly over time and getting that love and reinforcement is such an important thing. Our goal is to put something great into the cultural space that wakes people up and engages their lives. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Go ahead and um, you can review us on iTunes. I think you can review us on SoundCloud. So any of those places. Review us with your mom. Just, you know, go to your mom. <gasps> yeah. Go to your mom. Say, yeah. Everyone, here's our challenge. You need to go and share this with your mom. Yes. Find your mom. If you're distant from your mom, find your mom. Find her. Make her listen to Mindful Chatter and or, she might change. She might be different. Or find a mom. I don't care. Find, find a mom. A mom. Doesn't matter. Don't kidnap a mom. Don't kidnap them. We're not going to condone kidnapping do moms right now. Don't do that. That will be for a later episode. <laughs> but how to? How to kidnap Mindful Chatter. Sorry. Okay. Anyways, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Mindful Chatter. We'll see you next time. Bye.